Coffee Clutch with Signs or on how to couple online SciComm events with offline SciComm events with Franziska Settler from the Natural History Museum in Berlin. Let's go. Hi and welcome to a new episode of the Science Communication Accelerator podcast. This is the first episode that we're not doing remotely, but I'm actually sitting here with my guest of today's session uh, in a room somewhere in Berlin, in south southern Berlin, yeah, in Schöneburg, uh, Schöneberg area. And so this is a little bit of an yeah, it's, it's a little bit of a, uh, a new thing. One of what uh, Brandy Brown calls FFTs, fucking first times. So I, we, let's hope that this all just goes well, and I think it will. So, so, so that's all right. So yeah, today um, I'm very glad that I have um, this, yeah, this guest here with us, and um, she's a science communication, a science communicator. Uh, she studied paleontology, if yes. this is how I pronounce it correctly, and um, she works as, as a science communicator at the Museum for Natural Science, and she also has another job, and she might tell us about it in a second, but. She is a little bit known in the German science communication um, community for one of her key projects, and that one is called Kaffee Klatsch mit Wissenschaft, and we're going to talk about that. And um, while we're talking about this, we actually want to talk how to couple online and offline science communication um, so that you actually learn what to think about and what to, to keep in mind when you actually plan online events, when you plan offline events, and actually also when you plan hybrid events. So welcome to the podcast Franziska Settler, also known as Oh Yeah Franzi. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, thanks for inviting me today. I'm Franziska. And yes, I'm a vertebrate paleontologist by study, I would say. And I started out as a paleontologist at the Museum for Naturkunde, so the Natural History Museum, like you said. And if you work there, you can't not do science communication. You can't. You just yeah. have to. It's kind of like forced upon you in a very pleasant and encouraging way but there's no way you can work there and not do it okay. <laughs> like it's it's impossible so i've been doing it for for a while now <laughs> <laughs> so um before we actually jump into uh, into how to couple online and offline science communication events and stuff would you mind give us a little bit more of more of an introduction and all the science communication project that you actually do because when one follows you on on link uh, on twitter one sees that there's and linkedin <laughs> <laughs> and linkedin okay one sees that you know there's a pint of science that you're doing so bar and stuff so just like give us a little overview of of the cool science communication projects that you do in the yeah mainly i guess offline world but maybe also a bit in the online world it's true i started out as kind of like an in-person science communicator and i mean we, we know each other also from twitter right and social media so um there i often share stuff i'm doing but all the science communication i've used to do was in person so for me it was also a learning curve to suddenly do stuff online and um i started out as, yeah, as an intern at the museum 2009, even before I started studying. But then during my studies, after doing events at the museum, of course, you know, open, open nights and things like that, I discovered Pint of Science. And I wanted to get into a lecture of a professor and I couldn't because it was booked. It was like mm. full, fully booked. And then I saw an event in a Facebook group called Pint of Science and this professor was going to be there. And I thought, oh, Pint of Science? That sounds... That sounds like it's made for me. So I went <laughs> and I loved it so much that 
during the break, I didn't even wait until the end of the event. I was like, can I join this? Can I be here? Can I please take me? <laughs> like, I want to help out. Contribute. Please, yeah. yeah, I want to contribute. And they were like, oh my God, yes, please. We need more people. And then I started uh, doing, like, I mean, event organizing, finding speakers, mm. finding sponsors and all of that. And I had exactly a year to learn because then afterwards everybody left the team they like oh. moved away or went on like paternity leave and stuff like that and then suddenly i was the coordinator for um for the bullying team yeah and for a while it was just me and then i recruited more people and that's when i i want to say discovered maybe is a weird term but someone from the museum came to a pint of science event uh because they knew me from like be, as being a researcher at the museum and they were like huh what is she doing there and this person was in charge of finding new project for the museum uh, on a project or you know initiative something like inspiration so she mm. came and she was like hey I really like what you're doing here the way you moderate this with the speakers really interesting um, maybe you can do something similar for the museum you know the museum already you, you've, like I've looked you up you've been here for a long time <laughs> And she was like, hey, how about you basically pitch your own event? They can't, awesome. they, they can't, it's <laughs> awesome, but there can't be beer. You know, they were like, no beer. Um, not because the museum doesn't like beer. It's mostly that to keep it open to the public because it was going to be in person. Um, you can't just give away beer during the day. It's impossible because you have to sign up, you know, things mm. like that. And we wanted to keep it as, um, as, low, barrier, <laughs> as low barrier for people to attend. And, and they were like, hey, how about you come up with something and then get back to us? And I thought, oh, but this is all just, you know, like talk. They were like mm. being nice <laughs> um, because there wasn't a real what we call now experimentierfeld there yet. So the experimentation field for participation. And that's something that the museum has always been quite good at participation, but there wasn't any room for it. Mm. And they basically <laughs> hired me as a freelance science communicator and basically event organizer you know you do the you do everything yourself um and i came up with a sunday like coffee chit chat in the beginning we didn't really know how to call it in english because we call it kaffee klatsch mit wissenschaft came up with <laughs> very, that word very german but lovely it's like a, it's kaffee klatsch is a rather old word isn't it it's, it's like, quite old yeah so what does it really mean so kaffee klatsch is almost like german tea time no i would say like mm. you my okay my family at two or three at the weekend we have kaffee durst which we call it's like thirsty for coffee right Co coffee thirst coffee yeah. thirst there's no, no proper um <laughs> translation for this but in my family if if you're like hey can i call you at three no we'll have coffee and cake we don't have we don't have time it's like, it's like okay. i can't my call my family at eight o'clock in the evening because it's always target shout time oh yeah so, <laughs> which yeah. is like a news channel thing yeah, but yeah. It's, it's certain families have just like traditions and in my family and a few families that i know uh in germany at the weekend at three you'll have coffee you'll have cake or cookies and whatever. that thing is called coffee clutch coffee isn't clutch it? you sit together you talk about current events or just family or you know what the neighbors up to just like whatever Ooh. comes up it's um, kind of community building isn't it or like keeping it, is, it alive yeah, yeah yeah and sometimes you invite over you know your aunt and uncle or some friends or something like that and mm. it's kind of like a family thing usually in my family and i came up with this word because I wanted to do something with coffee because it's one of my passions besides beer. <laughs> I'm drinking a coffee right now. Which is cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, um, I thought, okay, I want to do something that attracts people 
you know, like coffee, coffee clutch, coffee, drinking coffee. That's something that lots of people do, sitting mm. together in a cafe. I think or it also has some kind of a positive connotation in, in, yeah. in German, at least. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like good time, enjoying yeah. time with other people. Yeah. And um, I wanted to make it non-threatening sounding. So coffee clutch is quite like cutesy word. And my partner doesn't speak German very well. And coffee clutch, that word is just like, it makes him laugh so much. He's like, oh, coffee clutch. Whoa. And I was like, oh, yeah, coffee clutch mit Wissenschaft. Like, yeah, science communication cafe. We that It sounds a little bit more um, professional in English mm. almost, you know. So coffee clutch is a very like informal word, I would say. But the museum really liked it. And... Um, Yeah, I've been doing it at the museum since August 2019, even though planning started a lot earlier. Yeah, for sure. But that means, so you started and then it was on Sundays always, and then mm -hmm. you would probably have some people attending. So it would be mm -hmm. an offline event. Mm -hmm. um, and then half a year later, what happened? We had the <laughs> pandemic. So, so this kind of brings us more like to the topic of, of this podcast episode. But like, what, what were your thoughts? How were you, were you like, how did you go about it to then make it more inclusive? Because... Mm -hmm. You know, I guess people weren't al allowed anymore to come on Sundays to the uh, to the museum. Was yeah. that really the case, though? Yeah, yeah, that was exactly the case. I um, we've we've now been doing it online more than offline, mm. <laughs> actually. And in the beginning, we had always a steady attendance of. 20 to 75 people. 75 was insane. Ooh, they would really come out on a Sunday? Yeah. Who, what kind of guests did you have that 70 people showed up? So <laughs> I love this story because people get so shocked when I tell them what the topic was because I'm allowed to um, basically choose wh whoever I want. I choose a lot of museum staff, but also people from other organizations that we work with. And it, I, I, I organize everything myself, but every now and then, Uh, the museum be like, hey, we have like a thing going on with this speaker. Would would you be interested in having them? And the geological society um, pitched a speaker to me because it was <laughs> it was Gestein des Jahres Andesit. <laughs> it was like the rock of the year. Um, every rock of the year, it's like different every year. And I studied geology and I was like, oh God, okay. Rocks. <laughs> Rocks. Rocks. If they don't have fossils in them, I'm not like <laughs> eagerly, like that eager to like talk about them. I was like, but you know, that's okay. And they are so well connected and they're so good at networking, this organization, that they put it in their newsletter and suddenly like over like 59 people, uh, 79 people or so showed up and I was just like, What's happening? Rocks is apparently a good topic. People <laughs> loved it, but I'm also in charge of, of, of making sure people have coffee and stuff, mm, right? Mm. And usually if you have 20 people or so, we have way, like, we have way more than we need and mm. the museum provides coffee and cakes and stuff like that. But there it was like, I recruited my boyfriend be like, okay, make coffee, make coffee right now. <laughs> so that's something that we don't have to struggle with online. Mm. But we also have a quite high attendance depending on, you know, Time of time of the year, if the weather is bad, I'm always like, yes, the weather is bad. More people are at home. <laughs> During Corona and lockdown, pretty much everybody was at home, so that wasn't an issue. But mm. when lockdown went away, um, people went more outside. Attendance was a bit lower, but usually we have between like 40 and 200 people watching. I know that's a big time. It's, mm. like, it's a big like frame or like a big um, scale of people, but it really depends on the topic so the one that had the most viewers was about empathy and pain mm -hmm. so that was a since we all have pain to a certain degree it's maybe yeah. very connectable yeah. it was really interesting and um we in the beginning 
just had Zoom. So people had to join Zoom and then I made a case for extending that because not everybody has Zoom. Like I know my own parents, they're not academics. They know what Skype is. Um, they know what YouTube is, mm. but Zoom, what's that? You know, they don't use that. Mm. So we now, um, or since, I don't know, the second or third event, we're also streaming on YouTube. And we cool. started doing that in April 2000, April or May? I think May 2000. 20. Mm. We've been doing it online. We had a month break because we have it every month can, like, with, without a break. I'm always like, yes, every month I want, <laughs> I want to have an event. And we had this one month, I think it was in April, when we had our first lockdown. Everybody was just so overwhelmed. And they're mm. like, you can't do an event. We mm. were not prepared to do it online. Um, let's talk about next month. And then, yeah, we, so we had a month break to kind of freak out <laughs> and yeah. then find a solution. <laughs> And you did, isn't it? Yeah. For for other people who might be listening to this podcast right now and think, oh, that's actually kind of a cool format. Um, I'm just going to ask a, a little bit more about the details. Like, how long are these sessions <laughs> and what are the, I don't know if that's the right word, but like the perseverance rate. Like, do people stick until the end or do mm -hmm. they go out earlier? Like, can you give us a bit of a feel there? So usually people, um, if they arrive a bit late, you know, like because it's it's streamed live, it's it's also recorded and people can watch it later, but it is always streamed live. Mm. Um, usually people stick around almost um, until the end, especially in Zoom. People come and stay the entire time because we still have Zoom. Uh, and people will also like have coffee with them. It's great because oh, so we drink coffee and <laughs> if they have their cameras on, we can see that they're also drinking coffee. It's really cool. On, on YouTube, we can't see. Yeah. But um, sometimes people come and go. It depends, I think, if they feel like oh, the topic is not for me or so, mm -hmm. um, they leave. But we have some people that stick around a long time because we can collect way more data mm. than we could on like offline mm. um there we have survey papers but online we can see oh how many people are online right mm. now how many people come on how long are they staying and um the whole event is two hours uh that's, that's quite long that actually. sounds like a very long time but mm. it's really it passes quite quickly sometimes it's 90 minutes it depends we're not forcing anything if yeah. we're done early then we're done early but the first like 20 minutes we kind of sit together and chat a bit and um not but talk just about the research Uh, of the scientists. So, but is it then you having a little chat with mm -hmm. the scientist? Yeah, it's yeah. it's basically how we are sitting together now, mm -hmm. talking a little bit about, um, right? I mean, in this case, me <laughs> and well, how I ended up here. I do that with my scientists too because one of the feedback um, I got that was such an inspiration to me is that they said now when they hear something about this topic, let's say neurobiology. They picture someone. Mm. That means they're giving that that profession or that field of like science like a face, and mm. then therefore they feel more connected, and they feel like oh, I know or I've seen someone Ooh. or I've known of this person, and yeah. it um, makes it more approachable in a way, you know. Um, and I thought that's so great. I'm so happy mm. about that. Because yeah. you kind of when doing that, you actually give a face to science, yeah, to science in yeah. general, isn't it? Because You know, when, when we ask little children, can you picture a scientist, they would probably say male, 50 years, gray hair, and yeah. one of someone in a, in, in a lab or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I think I love that idea, or I love that this impact that your project there really has is that, like, yeah, diversify the, the, the picture of who a scientist oh, is. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, and we um, diversified even more with doing it online because now um, we have people speaking in English because at the museum um, we usually did German. 
because people who come to the museum um, and they're let's say only speak English because they are visitors. Which, you know, mm. if you if you're here in Berlin for a short time because you're a tourist, then you don't want to sit around for an hour listening to a scientist. You know, understandable. So sure. we usually have um, talks in German, but now that it's English. We have people from all over the world. We had people from Argentina watching. I mean, that's a big like time difference because we start mm -hmm. at 2 p.m. And it's like eight or nine hours. And, yeah, and so, it's very early for them. Very early, yeah. And um, people from outside of Berlin and outside of Germany. So that's really cool to see because we reach more people. And I think that's the great the great thing about online events yeah. or hybrid events. So now we're coming towards kind of, let's call it the end of the pandemic. I'm not so sure if it's really the end, you know, we will see, but it's like now people can meet normally again in many Scandinavian countries, for example, there where I live in Norway, there's like no rules anymore. And also in Denmark, there's no rules. So when you now, so you started offline, you went online, what what are the next steps now? Like, mm -hmm. how do you envision such projects actually to, yeah, to, to develop over mm -hmm. the next years? And how do you want to structure and structure it? So the museum is a little bit hesitant to move it to in-person right now. Mm -hmm. They still want to see how things progress in the fall yeah. because we don't want to do person and then, oh, let's just kidding. We're doing it online again. Mm. Um, just because of safety measures, because we want to not have an event where people have to sign up beforehand. Yeah. Um, just, you know, it's supposed to be, oh, if you have time, you can come and hang out. And with the rules right now, people would have to a time slot you know yeah but of course we have thought about it and it is a bit tricky to make good hybrid mm. events because sometimes people forget that a hybrid event is not just live streaming it or recording it and then putting it online and then people can watch it later is that not a hybrid event no 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 no, no, no. <laughs> um it's it's always great to do that of course and um it might work for some things And we also keep it on YouTube for people to watch later if they don't have time. Mm, but mm. that is not what a hybrid event is, right? Because I want to be able to focus on the speaker in front of me because mm. what really makes the um, whole event so special is the connection that people feel with, like between us because people sometimes say like they feel like, oh, they've known each other for a long time, even if you know I haven't mm. met this person before. And... If I then have a live audience that I want to involve and make sure that they can ask questions, we would need at least one or two more one or two more people on staff to then make sure that people online are equally as involved. For sure. Yeah. And that is a big <laughs> a really big um, like problem to me and I know that the museum is being more relaxed about it but I want to still keep it online so people can join because I know people like it and mm. they said how much they like to watch it online also but if it's in person again I don't want to give that up so I'm a bit torn of how mm. we'll see that and I think it'll be like a trial and error kind of mm. thing where we have to try out a few things but I guess that's like with like if you build a startup or if you have a new project or whatever it is it's always like you you're practical you're getting stuff done but then you have to see does it work or does it not work mm -hmm. and then you have to adjust isn't it yeah it's like I just recently watched a, a keynote from Seth Godin he's like a god of marketing whatever <laughs> and he, he showed a little video of um, airplanes coming in on Heathrow airport mm -hmm. and you see that they're always 
they are always readjusting their course. And I feel this with many projects that you are doing mm -hmm. weird. Like it's always like that. You, you try something, it doesn't work. Okay, you do a bit to the left, a bit to the right, a bit up, down. Yeah. And I think it's like this is this is how innovation happens. It's like about trying error. Let's do something new. Let's see, mm -hmm. figure that out. And you know, maybe you could do it one month in in person and one month only online or whatever you know yeah. there's many opportunities many many ways of how you can structure it i guess yeah, yeah. i think it works uh, hybrid events work really well with conferences mm. where um people can still go if they want to and mm. if they can't then they can still watch from online mm. and maybe there is someone who is moderating the um you know there are many ways to ask questions in a chat or mm. um using like third-party um, mm. services and especially if you have um, I've seen this a lot with mothers in academia where they said they can't leave the family for a week they can't just fly you know to Mexico City for a week or um, I have some friends who are like um, have disabilities of different <laughs> different kinds and they said conferences are so hard for them and now they really fear for things to go back to like quotations to new normal whatever normal was yeah, yeah. and then yeah. they'll be For left sure. out again mm. and i think with stuff like that like conferences it's so easy to live stream because i mean when i, I just know from my experience with conferences you sometimes the, the location is so big you you stare at a screen anyway because the person is too far away and too small you know and there's a camera um because i go to like the conferences I've been to quite big and then they have screens. Yeah. So if I, okay, I fly all this way, which is bad, you know, for the environment. <laughs> I could also sit at home and watch that because I'm sitting there and I'm watching a screen anyway because the person yeah. is tiny, you know? <laughs> yeah, to be fair, going on conferences also matters about networking, isn't of it? Of course, so. of course. Yeah, that's a big part <laughs> and that's my favorite part, I must admit. Um, but for some people who... Um, who are unable to do these networking events or anyways, things yeah. anyways, mm. then it would be a shame to take that away from them because they could simply not, you know, leave yeah. country or something that I only recently really thought about because people mention it a lot online is if they come from countries where you need a visa to like go to the US or to Europe, then okay, they can't attend this conference mm. because they don't get a visa, you know, mm. it's like things like that. And I think with everything, um, the more you pay attention, the more you see what's wrong with how it is mm -hmm. now. So I think it is a good idea to keep things online and slowly bring people back. Mm -hmm. But with Cafe Clutch, it's um, like you said, maybe we'll alternate or we'll try to still live screen and have someone there who will like read out questions. So I can include questions from the chat as well. Um, if we have the camera equipment, everything, that would yeah. be great. And I think I'm confident enough to think I could uh, talk to the people in front of me and include people um, at home. Yeah. But maybe people won't even want to watch anymore online. I I don't know. But that's again like <laughs> flying an, an airplane and then seeing how it yeah. works, isn't yeah. it? It's like fly left. Yeah. You just made me like the thing is like to, we're here in Berlin in, in in one of the offices of Fraunhofer, and we with my other podcast we're gonna have a live session here tonight. 
and it's going to be streamed and just you elaborating on that I was like do we actually have a way to include questions and I actually realized we didn't even think about it mm -hmm. we just wanted to stream it yeah, yeah. and so maybe I'll, after this podcast recording <laughs> I'm gonna uh, have a look with my partner uh, there and maybe, maybe tweet and be like uh, do like an ask me anything or send yeah, questions yeah but sometimes it's like it's like I feel like with, there's like these these big influencers who then have large audiences and then you know they can do amas like ask me anything uh -huh. so, so people like come and ask questions but like you know your size or our size is not that large so sometimes mm -hmm. you know if you open it up it could actually be ending up like yeah no one asked the question <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then you're like hmm okay embarrassing but on the other <laughs> hand it's like if you if you if you then not dare to even give them the opportunity mm -hmm. maybe there's someone who actually has a question you know and if you then if you're afraid or if I'm afraid of not giving people the opportunity to ask mm -hmm. anything then they might be left out so so yeah. it's like it's like okay what are you going to do but I think it's, it's you should always try it and you know nothing is embarrassing when you try something new it's like definitely if, if, and because you fuck up No, you you like you screw up so many times anyway. So like, why not screwing up one more time? So that's cool. So. <laughs> yeah, and I'm always surprised about what, especially the visitors at the museum, what they already know. Mm -hmm. like, I sometimes I'm surprised by the questions where people said, "Oh, I didn't even know there's like research being done at this museum." They basically thought it's just an exhibition, mm -hmm. and they're no scientists. Well, for, like, for me, museums are pretty much exhibitions. Yeah, of course, of course, <laughs> but but they didn't even know like yeah. in the upstairs that their office is upstairs mm -hmm. or you know. And so, okay, they learned something new, that's great. But then sometimes people come and they already know so much. Mm. And I'm like, wow, you should be doing my job. You're so informed. <laughs> and they're like, oh, you know, I'm just interested. It's like, awesome. Oh, yeah, clearly. <laughs> yeah, so I'm always um, surprised in both directions. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Okay, Franzi, um, shall we have a go, shall we go a bit more deep on uh, on hands-on tips mm -hmm. uh, on how to yeah how to couple online and offline events? Obviously, like how to create hybrid events. So mm -hmm. before we we met here, I asked you to yeah come with some points. So do you want to start on that? I can try. Um. Sure. <laughs> you know, we all try because none of like you can't study that kind of stuff. So it's like it's learning by doing again, and then you know. Yeah me taking advantage of your experience and maybe the people who are listening to this now taking advantage of this as well so yeah. let's go I think what I um, already touched on a little bit is understanding what a hybrid event actually is mm. and not just recording something and then putting it online mm. um, it's great to do that additionally <laughs> to mm. record something for later but if you do a hybrid event really pay attention to both parties to who is in front of you to make them feel like you're connecting with them, whilst also making sure you include people who are watching from further away, from somewhere else, because nothing is worse than feeling like, okay, I'm just watching someone talk, but And what am I doing here? Yeah, yeah. And um, the museum is big on participation, so um, because you know we have this whole participation <laughs> program, and to really still give people a way to get involved or give you input, mm -hmm. if that is over chat or encouraging them or actually looking at them through the camera mm -hmm. and not um, basi basically grazing by, looking just at the person in front of you. I think that's a big part because sometimes I do see that mm. where um, I watch something from home and they don't make any indication that they know that I'm watching and that is kind of frustrating because then I feel like I could have just watched this later yeah, yeah. like I thought why I do could... I have to watch it live isn't yeah it? why am I watching mm. it live so make sure that you give people like you said the um, the opportunity to get involved if they want to if mm. they don't want to then that's also totally fine um, don't be disappointed <laughs> if no one like reaches out um, and 
yeah, make sure that you tell people if they do want to get involved from at home, um, that if it's recorded, you know, that they know that they're being recorded, for yeah. example. Um, so I always make sure that I don't read out people's full names. I said, oh, we have, have a great question in the chat. Like, I'll read it out mm. so the person can also hear it who is there. I'm not just going to be like, hey, yeah, look at the chat, you know, like yeah. I'll read it out so people can actually hear it in front of me and hear it if they don't see the screen, for example, from somewhere else. So I'm making a dialogue still with this mm. person be like, hey, that's a cool question. And then I repeat the question. Everybody can hear it and then we can um, address it. So yeah. this way, the person is still feeling like, oh, I'm involved. Mm -hmm. So always making sure that everybody feels like they're not being left out. Mm. I think is a well, just, big deal. Yeah, trying to be inclusive. Yeah, it's like I heard in one of the podcasts that I listened to like some weeks ago. I, one person said I, that he hears very often that other people in podcasts say the the, the people outside there in Germany is like the the person da draußen or the, the, oh, the yeah. main, is, and he says that this kind of gives a little bit of to a yeah some kind of a power 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 relation there it's mm -hmm. like we are in and they are out yeah kind of so and i was like do you have an idea how to counter that or how would mm -hmm. you do that because you know it's like how can what kind of positive words can we actually use that mm -hmm. in order to make them feel comfortable the ones mm -hmm. who are yeah sitting at home at the screens or yeah, yeah. watching it from so afar. with my events i must say it's a very informal environment um just this, this right now we're mm. sitting there and we're talking quite candidly and um, relaxed so when I talk to the audience I'm also like also saying stuff like so great you're here I can see some of you are having a coffee or I will tell them hey um, show us what you're drinking you know yeah, and, yeah. or I'll try to be you know funny and be like if you drink tea that's okay we don't discriminate <laughs> because I had this before where people um, or my guests had to get, like tea and they're like don't tell anybody and then as soon as the camera's on I'm like can you believe that guy he's drinking tea <laughs> It's called coffee clutch, yeah, not tea clutch. Not tea clutch. <laughs> and I'll try to be quite um, welcoming in my language. And again, I'm speaking at the camera like a lot or when my guest is speaking. Yeah. I'll also look um, at the camera and be like, you know, or like mm. um, make eye contact. And it's quite easy for us because we have a big screen in front of us where we can see the slides that we're using oh, yeah. mm. uh, and also the chat. And the camera is right below or underneath the screen. So we're constantly looking at that anyway, making yeah. eye contact and um, reaching out to the people who see us. I think that is, um, that is a big point, like eye contact. <laughs> and um, we don't read off the slides or anything. We're very like... So let us know what you think. I know that some of you already had a question about this. I also want to know that. Or I'll say things like, hey, okay, I know you have so many questions. You can write them in the chat or let us know and we can unmute you. Mm. But right now it's my turn, okay? Because I'm so nosy and I need to ask so many questions. <laughs> and if there are fewer questions, then people don't feel like, oh, there are no questions. Because yeah. I always come with a lot of questions. And sometimes we have so many viewers <laughs> Uh, that I can ask maybe one question and uh, then of because course they're busy and then like they, they keep you busy they keep me busy and then we'll be like hey we have a great question about this topic um, or I'll, if, if they are kind of like in the flow and I see a really cool question that's topical to right now I'll be like hey I know that it's really interesting but we have a question and I think you really want to hear this you know so okay. I'll, uh. um, I'll be like I have a question but I'll try to you know make it like oh my god do you, do you see that like you might have missed it, but this question, you're going to you know, look it's at really that. really good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll, um, and we also, yeah, we're quite um, 
how do you say if um if we don't know the answer i'd be like man like next time you you in berlin you got to come here and have to come to coffee clutch again so we can talk about this because i have no idea <laughs> give me some I'll, time to check it out <laughs> i'll look it up or i'll um let people know that they can contact me after it some people have Really? They'd be like, That's yeah, cool. um, I watched Coffee Clutch and um, I wanted to ask more about this thing or, yeah. you know, at future events. And we have people that come like every every month, <laughs> come come back. So you build community, actually. Yeah, we build yeah. community. And I think um, I know that's not possible with every kind of event or um, mm -hmm. but the community building, I don't leave people alone you know like i constantly be like hey this is what the next event is we always talk about the next event oh, cool. at the end of each event uh, making sure people know when it's when it happens what the topic is what language is going to be in yeah. and um kind of make sure people engage more because i'm on like every social media platform you can imagine <laughs> and the museum does a lot of um pr so yeah, yeah and, and another tip is like that we're really transparent with what we record and what we don't record so people feel um, comfortable when saying something or speaking up or, yeah, yeah exactly so um when you do something that is in person and you know um mm. when people are there in person of course they're there and they can see each other but if something is also online they might think that people who are there are going to hear them or their name is going to be read out or something we all, always um try to you know avoid names or if if someone doesn't want to speak out loud in front mm. of others mm. they can write in the chat and i'll read it out it's i would say i probably read like 70 maybe 60 70 percent of the questions and um the others others will um be read out loud or like yeah. asked out loud mm. um so i do give people the chance to turn on their microphone but i also let them know hey don't worry we're not gonna like publish this or something yeah, like yeah, that for sure. so because there are privacy concerns too right mm. when you do um online stuff even yeah. if it's a hybrid event like you know mm. so but if you I, i understand like when you are doing an online event that you then no when you do an online event you're still in one room with one partner isn't it or like with your guest isn't it so mm -hmm. and then when people write a lot of questions into the chat function how do you like how can you seemingly have a chat with your mm -hmm. with your interview partner And yet, still keep keep on track with all the questions. Do you have someone else who reads them or like gives them to you the the, the interest, the, the yeah, AKA like so like what <laughs> is whatever is interesting. I don't know, you know, like the interesting ones. Or how how do you deal like particularly how do you deal so with that? So we have um, a team at the museum who are always there with us. They're not on the same floor. We have mm. like a whole museum floor for us. It's like a big um, hall that used to be a like a museum office, mm. like you know, like an open plan office, mm. and they moved to another floor. So, um, which is also good because of, you know, noise. We have to make sure that there are not a lot of background noise, no, as sure. you know. Mm -hmm. And because we also stream on YouTube, it's actually funny because it feels like we have a hybrid online event because we have Zoom, what we see directly, and mm -hmm. then we have YouTube, which we don't see, you know. Mm -hmm. that, you know because people can also ask questions on YouTube, isn't exactly, it? Exactly, yeah. it's YouTube. And then we have the team at the museum who check out YouTube while we are in Zoom. Mm. And then they will post questions in, it, it will say like, I don't know, Maria asks, and then I see the question. Mm. So because I see the slides and the chat, because it's Zoom that I see on a big screen, yeah. and I look at the camera to, you know, make sure people see I'm engaged and I look at them, I can also then see the questions. So I will usually like 
smile and look at the camera but also actually i'm looking at the text right okay, above cool. it yeah, yeah. so and then i can read it a lot and be like hey we have a question and then um yeah, I I'll, I'll, I'll always say that's a question from the audience and mm. not just read it out loud so that people don't think it's my question because if someone asks a question, more people come in because people are then like, oh, so people are asking questions, that means I can ask questions. Uh, so they feel then they feel like the, as if they have the license to then come up. Exactly, and so I will always acknowledge that the question comes from the audience, yeah. which is um, helpful. No. When you say we have a great question from someone, sometimes they say, "Hey, I'm in Hamburg." You know, say the where they're from. It's like, "Oh, we have a great question from someone in Hamburg," and then I'll like um, Get it done, yeah. do that because I don't want people to think I'm just asking the questions. If we don't have a lot of questions, I'll ask my own, and then it's more like a back and forth. Um, yeah. But I will always uh, look at the screen again and be like, "Let us know if you have any questions." I know I'm talking because I love talking, but if you want to feel like it's your turn now, then let me Go know. Ahead. You know, yeah. so I'll um, encourage people a lot. To, to do that, to get involved. All right, uh, Franzi. So we're actually already kind of like on, like we're getting to the time where we should wrap up. <laughs> so um, we'll just wrap up altogether. And actually, initially we had planned it a little bit more structured, but it's so because we already covered so many things, we kind of realized there's not so many other things. <laughs> so maybe we'll just uh, like give, like maybe we just like go through the main points that we mm -hmm. that we went through through this uh, in, in this talk just very quickly. So um, so the first thing that you actually said is okay. Obviously, hybrid events is easier to increase reach. Mm -hmm. um, um, and that's that's yeah I guess since so many people live in Germany or in other, any other country it's much easier for them to 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 take part and as you said also uh, the people in Argentina then also mm -hmm. have the opportunity to, to take part <laughs> and it also reduces costs um, when you do hybrid events or like not hybrid but like if you to go online uh, if you do online events definitely because you have less catering and space costs and then it's easier to have sponsorships because can you maybe why, why is it easier to get sponsorships um, so I've done a lot with Soapbox Science where it's the same where we do it online or we have done it online last year more people watch because you know you can watch from anywhere in any country and that means that our sponsors are also really also more seen right also yeah. abroad and we always name sponsors and show them on slides and you know include them in everything and that means they also have a bigger reach than in in-person yeah. events no make sure yeah and then this the, the fourth point was like to be inclusive and i feel it's like when you are hybrid obviously you you are more inclusive because as you just pointed out it's like people who, with disabilities it's harder for them to actually come to places so doing it hybrid or doing it online is is easier altogether but also when you're doing an, an event you yeah be aware to be inclusive to these people isn't it and mm -hmm. i liked your i liked your uh, your idea of like yeah to looking at the camera and it's it's, it's so like basic things mm -hmm. but i think it's really easy to forget them so i think it, it actually yeah. makes sense to just think about and the last point is obviously that you know if you're doing a conference anyway it's just easy when you also stream it um, to be then more inclusive at, for the people at home and just increase the reach by, by yeah. being and it basically there. costs nothing like yeah. you can just stream it and um, yeah everybody can watch from anywhere without yeah. any problems yeah. so Francisca if, if people are listening to this now and uh, they also are capable of uh, talking German how <laughs> can they actually find you and particularly obviously Kaffee uh, Klatsch uh, mit Wissenschaft so they can find me in German and English <laughs> <laughs> I do various things so you can find me on my website um, that's francisatla.com where all my science communication is listed and when it happens and basically anything you could be interested in um, with formats I'm doing yeah. then the Museum for Naturkunde so Museum für Naturkunde Berlin 
they um, always advertise the events. And then, of course, social media. So I have Twitter, which is Oh Yeah Franzi, which is like an <laughs> oh, inside yeah, joke. Franzi. <laughs> exactly. And I also do science communication for Soapbox Science, Pint of Science, and um, actually Science Borealis in Canada. So um, um, slowly but surely moving to Canada, if you know, when all of this is over. <laughs> so I already have my, you know, my hands in that. In, over there as well. <laughs> so, for, yeah. for what can people book you? So I've been doing quite a lot of different things. So I doing everything online. Mm. It's easy to do workshops online as well. So I had quite a few workshops for especially early stage or early career scientists mm. um, like so PhD, PhD and postdocs about how to get into science communication because mm. we have a lot of people who are so keen to do it but they don't know how or how to even start because mm. like they don't know what's for them so I give them a lot of overview of what's available what you can do how you can get started because that's the fun part and you know do some dose best practice things like that yeah. and um, I've also been moderating a bit more so last month I moderated a climate panel with um, you know Fridays for Future um, students and also climate scientists which was really cool and it was also streamed to over oh god 2,000 students I just thought 2,000 countries oh no <laughs> so many countries on Mars and stuff yeah um, that was really cool because we had questions from students who were in like great 10 or 11 yeah. and they obviously have very different questions sometimes sure. from adults yeah. and that was a challenge but it was really great so I moderated that it was the most nervous I've ever been in my entire life <laughs> I think yeah. but that was super fun because it's a new challenge and even if everything moves um, eventually maybe to in person again we or the organizers already decided this is always going to be online because okay. you can reach so many students Which in their schools and they have all this tech now yeah. in schools um And they want to keep using that. So, yeah, so I'm probably still going to be online yeah. always. <laughs> Which is yeah. fine and good. No, I think everything works easier online or like it just opened up so many doors and I think many of them will not be shut. shut, shut, shut in. Hopefully, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I think so. That's, that's why I'm also a big fan of social media, even though there's so many negative side effects and also what just happened with, with Facebook, like being in the, in the news now. Of course, uh, yeah. <laughs> but it's like, it's just a lot of opportunity. You can't put all your baskets in one egg, like, all your eggs <laughs> in one basket. <laughs> I always put baskets and eggs. <laughs> Bags and eggs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you can't do that, you know? Like, that's why I like to be everywhere. <laughs> for sure. And I can, I can see that happening. Cool, yeah. Franzi. Thanks for joining us today for the podcast, or joining me for the podcast. Mm -hmm. And obviously, people who are listening to this right now, dear podcast listeners, you'll find all the information where you can find Francisca in the show notes. Um, so please don't hesitate to reach out to her. Thanks for joining me today. Thanks for inviting me. What's up, fellas? That's it for this episode of the Science Communication Accelerator podcast. Please make sure to subscribe on the platform that you are listening to this podcast. That would be of great help. And obviously, please share the podcast because you know it's the best science communication podcast on the planet. <laughs> for sure it is. Anyway, I wish you all the best from Norway in my little office. And I hope you have really nice Christmas and that you get to see all your people because that's what life is about, having good relationships. So make sure to take some days off, make sure to be with the people that you love, and then we'll see each other again next year. Thanks for being with me on this journey. Take care.